or maybe I was thinking that this particular demographic was like that. And because myself or yourself, we might be in the pursuit of greatness. And we say, well, I, I want to just genuinely know about this demographic, right? Other people don't do that. And you have to realize that other people aren't exposed to these things. So when they go home, they may have a different perspective, a different outlook. languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no, these languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org. If you're a leader of a team, if you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level, You need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration, and reducing the conflict that you might face. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And we are going to complete the conversation, part two of the conversation with Corey Sigu. I am bringing people on to really expound on the conversations we've been having about being innovative and really preparing for the future of leadership, the future of innovating our companies, our businesses to really start considering diversity in a multitude of ways. So we talked about engagement last week. We got into diversity and inclusion. And today we're going to hit it a little bit harder as well as talk about ageism so really get your notepads ready because all the information you're getting is really going to take your leadership skills to another level your company to the next level so you can really be innovative and start preparing for the future of leadership development and the future of what it's going to look like to be an effective and effective organization company or even leader and so i I conducted a uh, diversity training what was it about two weeks ago, matter of fact. And um, part of it was I had to, I had a director sitting in it, sitting, sitting, sitting in it on us. Right. And uh, after a while, I, I was sweating the whole time because I was like, you know what, I'm a pretty raw person. And I think that how we get more diversity and more, cause think about it this way. Diversity isn't just saying I put you in a position or I, I hire a, a gambit of, of melanated individuals, right? And now I'm diverse, but there's no voice and there's no thought process and there's no, there's no um, camaraderie in it, right? And so what I had them do is, and it got, it got real raw inside of the diversity, inside of this training because I, I had everybody, they had a piece of paper and um, I basically had like these sheets of paper on the wall that like stick to the wall and I would write like one, one down, right? Like, and, and I would just be real with them. Uh, black woman. And I'm saying, okay, y'all tell me every stereotype you heard about a black woman. 
And then people were uncomfortable at first. And I was like, no, let it fly. And before I started the class, I had to say, look, what happens in this room stays in this room, right? Obviously, it's probably not going to stay in this room. And I have a director looking at it, too. What happens in this room stays in this room. It's not to go judge somebody when you get out of the room. It's not to hate someone. It's to understand perspective, right? So they come out. I said, okay, you tell me every, every single stereotype. And I mean, it was a gap. It was, it was a plethora, like uh, uh, ratchet, um, kids, baby daddies, stuff like that. And I'm like, dang, like, that's really what y'all think about black women. But it's, it's okay because you have to facilitate that, that conversation, right? So then we talk about black males. Uh, jail time with some of the stereotypes, uh, uh, thief, uh, no job, um, player, um, multiple women, like that type of stuff, right? And then you start to get, and we would get into the nitty gritty. And I know some people were uncomfortable. And there were times in the classroom where I had to be like, just understand that this is a stereotype. This isn't what this person thinks about you, right? Whether it is or isn't, this isn't what this person thinks. And then we go down the line, you know, white male, white woman, and those, you know, things that, that were brought up for like white male, privileged, entitled, uh, trust fund, um, you know, good job, stuff like that. You're a white woman. Uh, it was, um, you know, housewife, um, doesn't have to work, um, you know, has money. Sw somebody says swindler because they, and I, when I said that, I said, what do you mean? They said, well, they just go find athletes to get the money from. And I was like, well, okay. And then we went all the way down the line. We went Asian male woman. Um, and we started hearing stuff about bad driving and all that stuff. We brought up, uh, like, uh, like Islamic community, stuff like that. And they were like, oh, well, this is the 9-11 attacks and everything. I'm like, no, not every person who practices, <laughs> you know, who, who's Islamic is, is going to go blow up a building or something. Like, no, that is a certain type of person. Just like, just like we have these crazy shootings that happen in schools and stuff, you can't judge the whole population for it. And so it got to real to the nitty gritty. And basically, long story short, once we were done, everyone was like, you could feel like they were like, ah, I got that off my chest. And now I understand what this person's thinking about. One guy brought up a, a, a very good point as an Asian guy, right? And he said, I know everybody's always focusing on white or black, but he was like, the Asian community kind of gets pushed to the side. And y'all wonder why we have our own communities built and how we have these Chinatowns and, you know, this Asian markets and stuff like that. Because he said, think about it. He said, and this was funny. He said, the, the last samurai was made. And he said, I don't know if y'all know this movie, but he said, Tom Cruise played the last samurai. So we couldn't even get an Asian guy to play the last samurai. And so he was like, we, they made that movie. Um, um, what, I can't remember the name of it. It was like Crazy Rich Asians or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And the he said, Samurai that was, is one of my favorites, by the way. It is. It, it was, it's a really good movie. Really good. But he said it's crazy because that's the first time in Hollywood where it was an all Asian cast. And I was like, dang, because that, that was a couple years ago. And so those are the types of things where it's like, okay, I would have never known that this person was thinking about that. What underlying trauma was that causing? Because he couldn't voice that opinion. And like I said, you could just feel like the ah come off of them. And they were like, oh, that, that was really good because we got the stereotypes out the way. We got the thought process out the way. We put it all on the table. And then we got to be able to have a healthy conversation of how do I feel when people think about that, you know, in regard to me? You know, how do I feel when, um, like, for example, how do I feel when a white male 
you know, adopts like hip hop culture and then he's trying to act black, as they would say. But really, that just may be what he comes from. You know, he might, all of his friends might be black males. He might, he might grow up in the inner city or something like that to where that's what he knows. But now you're judging him saying, oh, I'm acting black, but he's just acting what he knows, you know, what he knows. Like, or on the flip side, you look at a, you look at an individual and say, oh, man, you're acting white because you speak proper and you got the proper vernacular. And I told him, I said, look, I can, I can, I can have the proper vernacular all day. But I was like, the colloquialism will come out. And they, I was like, go Google the word. <laughs> because I can use the slang with you, but I can also speak the proper language. But it, I think it was very helpful. And I know we'll probably be doing more of that. Because the, the thing is, is you want people to be able to be heard and to get that weight off their shoulders and to say, you know what, I ain't, I'm not like that. Or maybe I was thinking that this particular demographic was like that. And because myself or yourself, we might be in the pursuit of greatness. And we say, well, I, I want to just genuinely know about this demographic, right? Other people don't do that. And you have to realize that other people aren't exposed to these things. So when they go home, they may have a different perspective, a different outlook. Um, so the, like, don't just position people. And I, I want you to, to walk away, and I know I'm talking long on this. Don't just position people on it. Allow the voice to be heard. Allow the conversation to be had. Because once you can facilitate a healthy conversation, that's when the, the stereotypes stop, stop coming by. Another stereotype we heard was um, uh, poor people, right? Was roaches. I was <laughs> So every poor people just got roaches. And I was joking around. I was like, you run up to a poor person, and they just got a Ziploc bag full of roaches. And they're just like, here. I was like, that's not, <laughs> that's not how that happens. Like, you, you don't have to have roaches because you're poor, right? And the poor is a term that, you know, Jeff Bezos might think I'm poor. Like, you know, Bill Gates might think I'm poor, you know, but I think I'm, I think I'm doing kind of good right now. So, you know, it's all relative. And like, even they, they started, the light bulb started to click on it. They were like, oh, that makes sense. So it's all relative and what, you know, what you're thinking about. But we fall into these stereotypes that make people just go down this one path and they're like, yep, yeah, that must be it. So don't just yeah. position them. Allow that communication to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think what you, a lot of the things that you said that you high, they highlighted on that board, it comes a lot from unconscious bias. Like we talk about these unconscious biases and how it comes from um, spaces and the things we watch on television, right? Because of course, you know, a lot of us watch 9-11 and under, or start to learn about other cultures from TV. Um, I have this training that I, that I do where I always started off with, hey, okay, say you walk in the house and you turn on the TV and you hear there was some type of crime that was committed in your neighborhood and they start explaining the description of the individual and then a picture comes up and say it's this black man so i have this picture of him up there and you know it says that he did all these things if you know any information call this number okay and then you just like man this is a mess you know what what's going on in this world and you transition on to the day but just imagine you turn on that news station and you still hear these same stories same kind of individuals fits the description it's a black person yes they might look different they have different backgrounds but you're being fed this information constantly and say you do encounter Trayvon Martin say you do have your first encounter with somebody black right and now you have all those biases in your mind that are you don't even recognize that they're there and you're just assuming 
Oh, how many kids does she have? Oh man, are they privileged? Oh man. And so a lot of unconscious bias comes from our first teachers, our parents. It comes from the things that we're watching on television. I mean, I know that I had to stop watching certain TV shows like reality shows because it was shaping how I was viewing the opposite sex or it was shaping how I was seeing, you know, other women. And you don't really realize that a lot of the things we're consuming and the kind of circles we're around, we're getting educated from maybe outsiders instead of having those conversations. And that's why I think those conversations are so powerful because you start to hear, like you, you've ever seen that iceberg picture, right? And the iceberg is like, you know, it's in the water and underneath there's layers to it, but you're just seeing surface level stuff. And I think that those conversations allow us to go deeper, go underwater, identify why that, you know, person that's white likes hip-hop you come to find out like oh I'm from the hood or what people call the hood I'm from here and all my friends are black that's what I exposed to I love hip-hop music you start to learn layers like even for me we were having a conversation the other day I said you see me as a black woman but I'm African right so when people say like why do you go to that church that's like predominantly white uh, it's not really like I went there because they taught well, like I'm a, I'm a high C, I'm someone that likes is analytical. And I gravitated towards that church because the way they break down the word, I loved it. And it just happens to be white, right? Cause they're so used to like, you go to a black church and, um, oh, you don't know how to make mac and cheese or how do you, I'm African, right? I'm serious. <laughs> it's like stereotypes, right? And I was just like, um, you know, there are layers to me that you don't even realize because I'm African. I, I, my father's uh, Islamic. He, he practices, he's a Muslim. So I have, I'm an immigrant. I have a different experience. There's certain sayings that people say, and I'm like, what song is that? They're like, you don't know that song? I'm African. Throw on some old school African music. Maybe then I'll know. So I think that's why those conversations are so important. And sometimes the only place people can have that is at work because we don't even realize sometimes we're in our bubbles. We only hang out with this type of people. We live in this certain type of neighborhood and work might be the only place that you have to have the conversation. And it's not saying that all companies need to be like the, all of a sudden, like we have to have these conversations, but I think that's the blessing in this dialogue that's happening is because now we're hearing perspectives because I would never even known um, someone from the Asian community would have felt that way until they vocalized it. And now you're starting to see this person from a deeper lens than you were before. Now you're like, oh, there's depth to you. And I think that's why these conversations are important because now that's where empathy kicks in. And now, although I have not walked in your shoes, black man, I haven't walked in your shoes, single mom. I haven't walked in your shoes, Asian man or Asian woman. Now I'm empathizing and I understand where your perspective is coming from. And now I can say, okay, I can relate. So when there is a shooting and you're stressed out, or when you see someone that's from the trans community, that's being, they're being victimized and, and you're stressed out. I can empathize with you a little bit more. And even as a leader, I can be like, okay, I, 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 I can um, understand. I don't understand specifically, but I can have an understanding of your emotion. So I, I kudos to you for having that because I think that's why these D&I and E conversations are so important because we're starting to see a different layer or a deeper layer of someone, um, which allows us to empathize and support them more effectively. So another area that I think I want to talk, especially for you because you're such a young leader, we're hearing the perspective from people that, of course, diversity in regards to culture, race, and so on. But what are your feelings as regards to be in regards to being such a young leader? Because I mean, I was surprised when you told me you were in your early twenties. I was like, "What? Why?" Right? Because I mean, 
again, you have these assumptions. I'm just like, he's so like having conversations with you are so dope because you're so knowledgeable, like the wisdom and you just are just your life experience. You aren't, you know, what people think like when you're talking to a, a, someone in their younger twenties, you're assuming like, they're not going to really be able to talk leadership like that. But Corey is in his, how old are you again? 20 what? Well, I actually just turned 30, by the way. Oh, amen. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, yeah, you just just hit the 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 threshold, right? I said early 20s. I'm sorry. I mean, like you were in your 20s, but but I'm just saying. (laughs) Right. But there's a lot of people who walk into spaces and they're um, dealing with younger leaders or people that are young. Like what? Have you ever had experiences where people didn't take you serious? Because you've been in this leadership game for for a minute. What exactly? What was your experience like? you know, dealing maybe with ageism in a way. Um, and why do you think it's important that we hear from the different generations as leaders? Because I see the benefit of it. I mean, I talked about that a lot on the podcast about understanding the generational makeup because that's their future. I don't think most companies go into business saying that I'm a, once the baby boomers all go away, I'm done. I'm done. Right. So what is your perspective in regards to like ageism? Because if people don't know what ageism is, you know, we hear from it from the aspect of people that are 45 or 50 and older, but 20 to 24 year olds are struggling in employment and being employed because yes, there's a level of longevity, but they're either having to take jobs of super low pay. um, They're being, they can't go into certain leadership roles because people assume they're immature and they're not prepared for it. So what has been your experience in, you know, what is your perspective in regards to age, especially for people that are younger, um, that are going into the job, job market? Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Have you checked out my new YouTube series, You Need Leadership Development? If you haven't, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes because this is really walking you through why you need to grow personally and professionally as a leader because we're not just leading in the workspace. We're also leading ourselves. We're also leading in our households. So make sure you guys check that out and get the tools and the strategies you need to be an effective leader 360. Again, find that information in the show notes and get plugged in to how to take your leadership to another level. Yeah, so one of the things I'll tell you even right now is like, although, yes, I just turned 30, so like I'm over the hill now, I guess y'all could say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, in my department, the the next oldest like leader to me had, is still three years older than me. And so it's like those three years, that's a lot of, think about if you had three additional years of knowledge added on to you. And so, so, I mean, I still experience it because I have like my managers, you know, sometimes that it'll come out from them and they'll say, oh man, well, you know, once you, once you get, once you get your feet wet or once you've been in this position long enough. And in my mind, I'm like, leadership is leadership. It doesn't change from position to position. It really just, your scope of work continues to climb. So if I'm a supervisor, I got to manage my team, right? If I'm a ma- if I'm a manager, I got to manage my, my, I have to manage their team through the supervisor. If I'm a director, I have to manage my manager through their supervisor, through their team. Like if I'm a vice president, it just keeps going. It's just the scope of the work continues to climb. And I had a conversation with uh, one of my mentors. He's now an assistant vice president out in Virginia now. And so he was saying, we, uh, uh, he was saying, I said, so what's your plan? especially you're working from home, you're going into the position and whatnot. And he was like, 
you already know what the plan is. And I was like, well, well, what do you mean? I'm thinking, you know, big time vice president, you know, he got all these positions to look after all these departments rolling to him. And he was like, I start out with what do my, what are my people doing? Who are they? What do they want? Um, you know, how do they act? What do they, you know, what their personalities are like is what they're doing working right now or not? Like, how, how can I support you? How can I help you? So I'm not coming in there throwing hammers and saying, everything's changing. I'm in here and I'm dropping the hammer and you got to forget everything that you've known in the past. Um, and so it doesn't change. And so when I take that approach as a 30 year old in my department, and even previously than that, I was 29 when I got into the department so that, you know, I'm sitting here thinking initially, well, these people been in this position longer. Um, you know, these people are older than me and they don't take me serious. But in reality, like, for example, my manager will say, well, you haven't been in the department as long and she's starting to realize that now because other people are saying, well, no, he's out here actually run circles around me. I, I've been in this department for seven years and the stuff that he throws out, I'm like, where did you get it from? Like, it's a, and he was like, he breaks it down so simple that I'm like, well, no wonder your team's doing good because they only have these couple things that they need to focus on and then they just kill every, you know, they just do everything great. But I'll tell you another story where I was, and I was in college at the time, right? And you want to talk about early 20s. And so I was fortunate enough to get an internship at uh, Texas Children's Hospital, right? And so I get the internship and I'm, I feel like I can be humble sometimes. And sometimes my cockiness can kind of come off as arrogance because I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. Like, I, I'm not crazy. Like, I've heard this from people before. Um, and so I get into this position and my boss, I think she was in her 40s at the time. And everybody else from there was like medical directors and like chief medical officers. So they're all in there. I think that we had one of the youngest medical directors ever in the, in the hospital. And he was like 45. And so it was like, okay, well, that's, that's your youngest medical director ever. So everybody's like 50. We had some 60. Um, one of my really good friends, he was a clinical psychologist. And he was like in the 70s. And so if you could imagine, they're like, this young buck is coming in here. And he's you know, like, I'm, I, I voice my opinion and I like to create conversation on dialogue and what if, what, you know, what about this? What about, you know, what about that? And, you know, I'm sure they came in and one of the doctors actually told me one time, he said, you know what? I enjoyed that you speak up. He was like, but if anybody has worked with doctors before, you know, they like to throw out the letters on the back of their name but I've been through medical school for X amount of years. I've been doing this for X amount of years. But they said that all to say, that was a good point that you brought up. And I was like, <laughs> what does that matter? It doesn't matter. Is it, it, I always look at things as, is it the correct thing to do or are they on the right track? It doesn't matter how old you are, when it, whatever you figured it out, right? Because on the, on, on the flip side, you have people who are older in a position where maybe the majority of young people work in that position. You can't just say, well, because you're older, you have hindrances because you're not as young as these other people. So I've gotten kind of, I've, I've gotten it a lot through my life. It's just people think that be, the age dictates you therefore being able to do. Um, because I'm in my early 20s, I shouldn't know as much because they, they, even the doctors that I work with, I don't have a master's degree. They thought I had a master's degree. Because they were like the points that you bring up and the way that you break stuff down, like, you know, clearly you have an MBA. And I was like, I ain't do that. As a matter of fact, I just graduated from college like four months ago. Um, 
So, you know, it's, it's things like that. Like we're doing research and they're, they're like, hey, the way that you spun this in this research, you know, to make it really pop inside of this, you know, in, inside of the, uh, the, the transcript. You know, I love the way that you did that. I'm like, oh, cool, whatever, you know. And you, you, you know, you're talking to people who have, um, you know, hundreds of books. Like they've got thousands of articles that have been published over their lifetime. And you know, you walk into a situation where it is kind of, if you don't have the right soul for it, if you don't have the right, I guess, grit for it, it can knock you down. And you can kind of clam up and say, oh this isn't the platform that I need to speak on. But as my personality, I don't mind speaking up. So I'm just going to say it. And then you can take it how you please. Um, and then give me the feedback, yay or nay, it was good or bad, right? Because I'm always trying to learn. Uh, but someone who's not in that position can really get into I actually had a friend like that. He gets in, he, I get him an internship at the hospital. And, you know, the person that he's interning, interning with was a, uh, he was a director of nursing. And so he's, she walks up to me one day, she says, you know, to typically when you hang around certain people, y'all have the same personality types kind of, but she was like, I've been in a meeting with you and you bring out points. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Or they'd be like, what is he talking about? But you're still talking, right? Are you still learning? She was like, he doesn't talk. Like he doesn't bring his perspective in. He doesn't ask questions. He doesn't, you know, do that. And I was like, now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, it could be very well because he's in a room, he's the young person, and he's not in a position to say, I know what I'm saying confidently, so I'm not going to speak up in this conversation. Um, so you got to be, you got to be mindful of, and this is for, this is for my older leaders out here, you got to be mind of, mindful from my perspective, what are you missing by projecting your age on this person or projecting your experience on them, right? Like you have people, I don't think it matters how long you've been in the game of leadership. I think you have some people who have been in leadership for 20 years, and we probably know some people who have been leaders for 20 years or been in a position for 20 years. You're like, yeah, you're not very good at it. Um, and you have some people who come out the gate a year, two years, and you're like, man, where did this person come from? And they have a fresh perspective, fresh knowledge and stuff like that. So I, I honestly think you should just take it off the individual. Like, don't think about years. Don't think about experience because that's one thing that's held me back a lot of times too, is we don't think, we don't think you have enough years. Although you explained it well, we're looking for X amount of years to, to have happen. Well, if I can explain it to your liking, what do the years matter? Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's really good. I think that that's like the, the pattern we're seeing here. We have to start looking at individuals as individuals versus saying, okay, all young people, all older people, you know, whatever you consider old. Um, because on the flip side, a lot of those people that are, you know, more, I call them the seasoned um, generation. What if something happens and they end up losing their job and now they have to go out in the job market and now they have to deal with it on that end, kind of like, okay, what if the same energy was being poured into you? Like even my father, I watched him as he dealt with that um, after he ended up having to transition from his position, they kind of pushed him out. Um, I think there was a level of ageism there. And then he started to get, but trying to get back in the banking industry. I mean, he had tons of knowledge. He's one of the reasons why I got into banking and got into my first leadership role 
but he couldn't get a position because, you know, there was a level of ageism. People were like, okay, well, we don't know how long he's going to be here, how long he's going to last per se. And he mm -hmm. just ended up retiring fully. So I think it's like keeping the same energy, but a lot of times we don't look at the individual. We don't look at um, it from the aspect of innovation because just like diversity, diverse rooms, bring a level of innovation they improve improve productivity they also introduce you to other maybe cultures because say you want to expand your business and it's not just a business that caters to just white people per se or women or men and now you're trying to expand into the african american community but you have someone in that seat now there's a level of innovation that's like ah, i wouldn't use this this song use this song Mm -hmm. I wouldn't target or, you know, utilize that type of wording, use this wording. Maybe let's, let's get a sponsorship with this company or let's really collab with this, say, celebrity or this social media influencer versus this one because they have access and they can speak to that community. So I think that we have to look at it from the innovative side because you're saying that you were able to bring fresh ideas and it had nothing to do with age. It just had to do with knowledge and your perspective. And just like we talked about before, about like leaders and how if leaders are born they're not and they talk about how there are certain skills that leaders can should have and these are things that they can learn over time but we again we have to realize that it should be more at us looking at the individual versus looking at age race sex looking at where they from looking at what school they went to um, because even when you're recruiting people into these leadership roles is it really necessary that they went to a certain school? Like really look at what's going mm -hmm. to be needed for that role. Is this really necessary? You know, when you really look at it and I think that a lot of things are shifting. I know they're saying that um, they're not going to necessarily be looking at um, if you went to, if you have a degree here or if you have a college degree, they're going to be looking at skills and experience. And even for us, when we're recruiting for my organization, I'm looking at experience. I'm looking at skills. I'm looking at innovation versus just looking at it with a one track mind. And I think that if we continue to have opportunities where we can get to know individuals and, and start shifting from having that one track mind, we will see some change. So before we close out, like, what would you, you know, what would you leave the people with in regards to, I know we talked about a gamut of stuff, uh, but just from this whole conversation, like, what would you, what would be some takeaways you can give the people? Um, so, you know, so they can go back and say, like, let me seep all this information in and really apply it. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing, I think the theme throughout this was let voices be heard because whether it's culture, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's age, whether you're young, old, whether you're in the middle, of whatever that young old mindset is, let your voice be heard. Like allow people to voice what they think and create healthy communication be behind it, right? Create healthy conversations behind it. Because when you can understand the perspective of someone, you can leverage that. And you can use that person to say, you know what? Maybe I used to think that this person was older so they move slower. Uh, maybe I don't need to worry about how fast they move with them. Maybe I need to lean on them because they may know a little bit more. Or maybe I got this young guy over here, or this young girl over here who moves fast, fast, fast. And I'm just using stereotypes right now. But maybe they've got this young person who moves fast, fast, fast. How do I mesh those two together to be like, you know what? He's going to make sure you do it right. She's going to make sure it's done right now. How do you, how do you mesh that together? Um, but even still, if you think about the ethnicities, if you think about the cultures, where you come from is different, right? You come from Sierra Leone. Like, there's so much that I can probably learn from you. There's so much that I have learned from you that I'm like, okay, cool. I probably would not have gotten that from one of my friends that have born and raised in America and haven't experienced anything else. Like it's a different perspective, right? Like I, 
think about my friend, one of my best friends is African, right? And he's from, uh, he's from Nigeria. And so even his parents, like I, you learn from them and say, okay, their perspective on life is this, right? Their perspective on getting things done is this, but you would have never known it had you not asked. You say, well, this is the American way and I'm just going to be American and, you know, whatever, or, you know, this is the way that I do it. And this is just the way that I'm going to do it. Right. So communicate, create healthy communication, create open communication. And I think you, when you can communicate, you can win wherever it is, whether it's age, culture, uh, sex, preference, whatever, it, you'll win. I love that. I love that um, individuality, hear the voices. I think that's extremely important. So now thank you, man. Every time Corey comes, he drops the nuggets. Like it's just dope. So I really appreciate you having, um, having you on. Tell the people where they can follow you at, like where are you at on social media? Where's your website? And what do you have coming up? Or someone, I know you mentioned the book. So tell us about where to reach you again, what you have coming up and how people can reach out. Yep, to so you. you can find me on all, all social media. So LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm not really that much on Twitter, but I have one. Um, at Corey Sigu. So C O R E Y, no underscore, no spaces, nothing like that. S I G U E, S as in Sam, I G U E. You can find me at www.coreysigu.com. Matter of fact, I shall, what I'll do for them, if you're watching this, go to, go to my website at the scroll all the way to the bottom. It's not that far. Scroll to the bottom, put your name and your email in, and you can actually get it's called a Master and Engagement Guide. And so this is to help you maximize your team and really pull your team. And you can use this honestly for your team, for your, your family, whatever it is, get that. I'll send it to you for free. And it, it gives you a worksheet. It gives you a breakdown on, on, on how to delegate, how to empower people, how to inspire from within versus just kind of like dangling carrots, like all that type of stuff. So I'm giving, I'll give that to them for free. Just go to the bottom and go ahead and give me your, your name and your email and, you know, y'all have added and fill that sheet out and then really it'll help you figure out what gaps you need to fill. Right. So I'll give that to y'all. Y'all go check that out. Love it. Love it. Make sure y'all go and download that. I really appreciate you hopping on. I mean, just, you know, just make sure you follow Corey. Um, I know offline we were talking about some great things you have coming up. So make sure you check it out um, because the level of knowledge that he has is amazing. So again, thank you for hopping on and I will catch you guys next week. Deuces. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are speak fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. <laughs> <laughs> Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.